Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you could open them to the book of Revelation, it'd be easy to find because it's the last book in your Bible. Um, There is a message that I have uh, that comes from the book of Zechariah. And I heard a pastor preach from a different passage in that that, uh, book. He said, now turn in your book and your Bibles to the book of Zechariah. And then he said, don't pretend like you know where it is. You can use the table of contents. They're inspired too. Uh, But Revelation is really easy. And uh, we're going to be looking at a very, very, very familiar passage of Scripture uh, this morning from Revelation chapter 3. And just have a couple of thoughts uh, this morning concerning this wonderful uh, verse of scripture. Revelation chapter 3 this morning. We're going to be reading, um, if you haven't already guessed, uh, verse 20 this morning. And uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. And if you could please stand in reverence and honor of the word this morning. Scripture says, Behold, and these are are the words of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Verse 21, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Father, we thank you for your inspired word. Father, we believe your word is without error, and it is living, breathing, and as scripture declares, sharper than a two-edged sword. And I pray today, Father, that your your spirit through your word uh, would uh, do what only you can do in our time here together. We thank you for your word and what it means to us. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. No doubt you have heard that passage, that verse before, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, uh, I will come in and eat with him. Or as one of the versions uh, translation says, and I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And some of you might have even had come to your mind, as I do when I read this passage of scripture, a very famous painting uh, that is prevalent. I've seen it in many churches of, of Jesus, of this verse detailed in the form of a painting with Jesus at the door and 
And some say there's so much symbolism there that uh, within that painting, the reality that the door doesn't have a knob on the outside, that the door, uh, there's light shining on Jesus and the door and on the outside, the periphery of the, the painting, there is darkness. This is a passage of scripture that we are very familiar with and no doubt you have heard mentioned or utilized at the end of a service calling those who don't believe, who aren't saved, to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you may have heard an evangelist say something like this, you who are today who have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, behold, he says to you, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And it's true. And it's true. Jesus, through God's wonderful provenient, as we say in the church of the Nazarene, grace that goes before, uh, provenient grace draws and he's knocking and he's speaking to those who are outside of the ark of safety. The world shouts. Evil shouts. The voice of truth is but a whisper. But I want to draw your attention to something that is, in many ways, quite astonishing. When these words were first put to papyrus, this passage of Scripture, this verse of Scripture... The original audience, and they teach you that in, in Bible interpretation, to look at, uh, to look at uh, the original audience when you're, doing, when you're doing something called exegesis. Now, I didn't say exegesis. You might think, where is he going? Exegesis, and that means to draw out the meaning from the passage. When you do that, when you read the scripture and you have that in your mind, you realize something very very quickly. This wonderful verse, this verse that we have all perhaps have said to one another, this verse that we have clung to, this verse originally was not written to the unsaved. This verse, although we, we use it at, at such in, in, in our world, and there's nothing wrong with that, there's a lot of truth in that. But I want you to realize this morning, verse 20, originally when John on the island of Patmos, as he's visited by Jesus himself, put verse 20 down. It was not originally meant for or directed to the unsaved. Look up to verse 14. There in... in Revelation chapter 3. I had a Bible professor at Nazarene Bible College, Dr. Russum, who said, and I don't think he brought, I don't think he created this or patented this because I've heard it many times before. And the saying is, and perhaps you've heard it as well, the saying is a text without a context is a pretext. And... Uh, what that means is, is that especially when you are reading scripture, you have to uh, take in the entire context in order to gain or to understand the full meaning of what you're reading. Verse 20 was included in the very same way that Jeremiah 29, 11 is. 
was included to a ladder. It was a ladder that Jesus himself dictated. And it was a ladder not to the unsaved. The subheading in my Bible, it says, to the church in Laodicea, Laodicea. To the church. In other words, when Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the ones who have claimed his name. And you know all about this church. The reality that Jesus himself says um, in verse 15, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, the original rendering of that word spit is vomit. Jesus is saying to this church here that because you are lukewarm, you're not on one side or the other, because you try to ride the fence, I am about to vomit you out of my mouth. Or as many of you hopefully remember that wonderful biblical movie, The Karate Kid. Do you remember what Mr. Miyagi told Daniel? You walk on one side of the road or the other side of the road. If you walk in the middle of the road, do you remember? Squish like grapes. Some of you are wondering, got up this morning and said, man, I am just dying for a Karate Kid illustration. And you're welcome. <laughs> but the reality is that that shadows and puts to light an important concept. Because Jesus is saying that even in the midst of the reality that these folks, who the, the, these members of this church here in Revelation chapter 3, were about to be vomited out of the presence of Jesus. He goes on to say, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Hey, I got it all going on. Jesus, we're okay. That's basically what they're saying. But Jesus says, not realizing that you are wretched, that you are pitiful, that you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. And you read that, and you think, oh my goodness, there's no hope. Where is the hope? Where is the good news? And I'm so thankful that John, as Jesus dictates, goes down to verse 20. Speaking to the church, speaking to the ones that claim to bear his name. Behold, I'm standing right now at the door and I'm knocking. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him or fellowship with him. Or you could say, and I will be with him, and he with me. Isn't it interesting that Jesus 
would dictate in the midst of these seven letters to the church of Asia Minor, this, this verse to this church that was at the very precipice of falling apart. I find it interesting that Jesus himself uh, relates this not to the unsaved, but to those who claim to bear his name in our world. And that's where, and that's where we come into the picture. That is where we come into uh, the unfolding story of Jesus. Because there are times and we have to be careful, we have to be our minds and our eyes and our ears open, we have to be on guard because there is this temptation and it is from the enemy himself that once you come to Jesus, it's okay, it's just a skatewalk. But the reality is your Christian life is one that you have to constantly work on. We have this thing in, in the church, we call it discipleship. Constantly learning, constantly growing. Because the reality is if you are not growing spiritually, you are dying. We call it backsliding in the church. Now, I know we don't use that term much anymore in the modern uh, political correct church, but the reality is that's what it is. When we stop growing, we begin to die. It's interesting. It's interesting that Jesus would put forth this, this warning, wake up to the church. You know, I believe in many ways that the church of Jesus Christ is, is uh, coming awake once again. Now, do I believe that what's happening in Asbury and some of the other uh, colleges around our country, is it another great awakening? I don't know. That's not for me. That's not for me to declare. I don't know. Only God can say it. Could, could it be? Absolutely. Could it be that God is shaking is slumbering church to, to well, being awake again? Could it be that Jesus himself is saying that the giant of the church has been asleep for far too long? You see, I love the fact that Jesus says that I stand at the door and I knock. Now, most folks know that, that I work for a package delivery company when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. That's me. And it's interesting to me. I think it's kind of funny. And, and if you say God doesn't have a sense of humor, I will respectfully disagree with you. Because now, today, five days a week, I get paid to do what I used to get in trouble for as a kid. Knocking on a door and walking away. <laughs> Think about it. Now some of you are saying, aha, the thing that I'm doing now that is getting me in trouble, one that I'm not saying that. It might be a different situation. But I'm saying it's ironic that the thing that I used to get in trouble for, I get paid for. And, and it's also ironic or, or interesting, some of the things that I've encountered in, in my job. 
I've encountered many folks who come to the door who are pleasant, who are nice, who are just wonderful. I've had those who have come to the door who are not so nice, kind of grumpy and grouchy. Um, I've had people come to the door fully clothed. And you probably know where I'm going with the rest of this. I didn't do that. Maybe God doesn't want me to tell you. Okay. We'll leave that one out. Got it. As, a, as I often say, I was born in the day, but it wasn't yesterday. Um, but anyway, there was one time, and, and it was so funny. I took a picture of it in this particular home that, uh, that was in a little bit of a rundown portion of the neighborhood. There was a sign right on the door. And the sign said, knock loud. And then what was beneath it just had me, I took a picture of it, I shared it with my co-workers. Knock loud, but not like you're the police. (laughs) The reality is, Jesus stands, and he's knocking. I find it interesting, and it's amazing grace. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, he's Jesus. He's God incarnate. He is sovereign. He is divine. Why doesn't he just just kick the door in and come in? He's not going to do that. You see, we talk about revival, and and revival is a wonderful thing, and I've seen it many times uh, during my lifetime, and especially in the midst of my time with the church. But I heard a pastor say something very interesting at one point, when it comes to revival. In order to be revived, you have to first be vived. You have to first be vived. Jesus is knocking. Is he knocking on the door of those who are outside of the ark of safety? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is he also knocking on the door of the one who intended and started out well, the Christian journey, the race that Paul talks about. But over the years, circumstances and uh, facts of life and things have crept in, and, and not intentionally, but you've drifted off course. It is for those especially today that Jesus is knocking. And he's not going to break the door down. He's going to await for us, you and I, to open the door. And there's this picture that once we open the door, that it remains open. But I've known folks who have opened the door and then circumstances of life come in, things that they never imagined that they would deal with, And because of that, they lose faith in God and they shut the door again. But the good news is, and you need to hear this, maybe you're in that situation. Maybe life hasn't hasn't been fair to you. Maybe life hasn't been nice to you. Maybe you thought, well, God, is he even real? How does he, I'm going through all this. Does he even care? Let me tell you clearly, yes, he does. 
And for the one who maybe have, has shut the door again, Jesus knocks again. He's not going away. He's not going away. He, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And some of us, perhaps, think, okay, Jesus, I'll let you in. But you can stay by the door. I don't want you going in the kitchen. Mm. The kitchen's a mess. I haven't done the dishes, Jesus. Um, upstairs, totally off limits, Jesus. Um, we let him in, but only a little bit. And I want you to hear me as clearly as I can put forth this reality. When you open the door, when you truly open the door, completely and totally, without any limitation, he will come in. But I want you to know that Jesus will not come in to take part. He will come in to take over. He will take over your kitchen. He will take over the closet where, um, not that I've ever done this. When I, when I was a boy, we were told to clean up our room. What we would do, shove everything in the closet, jam the door shut, and proclaim proudly, the, door, the room is clean until the door was open. Jesus is going to want access to that too. To that area that, that no one else may know about. You see, church, if you truly want revival, if you truly want a moving of God's spirit, you have to open the door without limitations, without conditions, without any uh, presuppositions, and allow Jesus to come in and do what he is going to do. Because when he does, he will do what you never thought that he could do. He will turn your life upside down. And you will, uh, years go by, you will look back and you will say, yes, it wasn't easy, but you know what? I've never run into anyone, not one person who has done this, who has invited Jesus in, who has accepted him as Lord and Savior, who has allowed him uh, to take over their life. I've never met one person because I don't believe there is a person that exists that did that and regretted it. I had a plan for my life. I had a plan of what I was going to do. But Jesus took that, crumpled it up, threw it away, and his plan has, has proceeded uh, to unfold. And it's a much, much better plan. And I am thankful for the day that, that I heard the knock. And Jesus isn't knocking like he's the police. It's a quiet, reverent, respectful knock. Please let me in. I know that thing that you are struggling with. I know that weight that you can't bear. I can bear it. Please let me in. That sin that taunts you and, and convicts you and the guilt that you feel, the anxiety that you deal with, the hurt that you shoulder, I can do something with that. Please let me in. Please let me in. 
And the reality is <laughs> that for far too many churches, Jesus is standing on the outside, knocking, asking the church itself, please let me in. Please let me in. If real revival is going to come uh, anywhere, it is going to start when we totally open our hearts and our lives to the working of Jesus Christ. It starts when we, first of all, turn down the noise of the world so that we can hear. The world shouts. The Lord whispers. And I've heard it said, and I'm, I'll close with this this morning. In a passage of scripture, it says that, uh, that behold, I stand behind you and tell you which way to go, to the left or to the right. That's paraphrased. And there have been times in my Christian life, why, why, is, why is it a whisper? Why? I mean, I can shout. I know that might be hard for you to believe. Ask my wife. Especially when we get into the store. There are some times that I'm convinced that, that uh, she, I don't know that. Who, that. who is? I don't know him. Um, but I've often wondered, why is it? Why does he whisper? Why is it a whisper? Why isn't it to where I could hear? How many of you, especially have you, as you've grown more seasoned, notice I didn't say as you grow older, as you grow more seasoned, uh, you kind of realize that, you know, the, your hearing isn't what it used to be. My granddad was like that. He was hard of hearing. Um, and you had to almost shout to get his attention. And I've often asked myself, why is it that he whispers? Why a whisper? Why is it he whispers? Why do you need a whisper? And then, then I heard, and I don't know where I heard it. I wish I could give credit to where I heard it. And the person said, maybe the reason that he whispers is because he's close. Maybe the reason that he whispers is because he's close. So let me just encourage you today. I just want to encourage you. If you're holding on to anything, if you've got the door halfway open, open it up. Let him in. You won't regret it. There might be a little bit of pain as you have to deal with some things. But in the end, you won't regret it. You will come out on the other side much better than you enter into it. It'll be a process that as you look back, you'll be thankful for. Let them in. And even, and even the church, and I've said this before, and I usually... And I usually say something along with it, say it like, and I say it like this. You can see, either say amen or you can say how dare you. But I've often said, and I've said several times before, as I said, that just because God's name's on the building doesn't mean that he, he attends there. Open the door. 
Is that here? No. Please don't, please don't mishear me. But let me just encourage you to open the door. You know what? Don't just open the door. Take the thing off the hinges. Take the thing off the hinges so that he can do the work that only he can do in us and through us and among us. And, and let me, and I don't make guarantees, but this one I will. If you do, I guarantee out of the promises and the precepts and what's written in the Bible that God will do amazing things in you and through you and among you. And I'm convinced of that. But it all begins by a simple knock and how we, and how we respond to that knock. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.